This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's get into a little college football, shall we? Ralph Russo covers the sport for the Associated Press, has joined us before. Hey, Ralph, Taz and the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning, bud. Ralph, what's up? Good morning, guys. All right. Uh, you know, Ralph, a lot to get into it with you. Did you have an issue? Round two here of these college football rankings. Uh, did you have an issue with, uh, you know, Alabama being at five ahead of uh, ahead of Oregon, ahead of Minnesota? Do you think there should have been more of a precipitous drop following there? Uh, lost to LSU. How about the latest and greatest with the CFP rankings? Yeah, I was actually surprised that they had dipped all the way down to five. I kind of thought the committee was going to put them at four because – the committee tends to genuflect to Alabama, um, uh, you know, so I was a little surprised to see Georgia there. But I think, I think that was—I'll uh, put it this way: if you're a person who looks at Alabama and says, "Hey, you know, they seem to get the benefit of the doubt all the time. Uh, they haven't really played anybody other than LSU," there's no doubt Alabama is really good. I mean, I was at the game on on Saturday; they are. You know, I'm sure easily you could easily make the case they're one of the four best teams in the country, but they haven't necessarily proven it elsewhere. I think putting them at five sort of defers to the idea that, listen, again, talent-wise, this is clearly one of the four best teams in the country, but they haven't accomplished a lot. And I also think it, it positions them in a way where it's not out of the question. In fact, I think it's probably likely that they get passed. That, that the Pac-12 champion, if, if Oregon or, or Utah just wins out, has a big win in the Pac-12 championship game against one another, um, if that sets up as an 11-1, 11-1 matchup, uh, plus you have a conference championship, it gives the committee an excuse to sort of bump Alabama. I, I think the more fascinating thing was Georgia sitting there at four because it still keeps this, you know, this two SEC team thing very much alive. If Georgia wins out, and LSU's only loss is in the championship game, the SEC championship game. Excuse me, the SEC championship game to Georgia. I think you're going to end up with two two SEC teams again. It would be really hard to keep LSU out of it if it's only losses to Georgia. It's it's twelve and one. It's beaten Texas and Auburn and Florida and Alabama on the road, and and, and you know a stumble at Georgia at the end there. So I think that the SEC thing is still the two SEC teams is still very much in play uh georgia could get eliminated by losing another game uh and and alabama is not in as good a shape to make this playoff as i thought they would be as it, and ralph as it stands right now is what they put out last night with lsu at one ohio state at two clemson at three georgia at four speaking on georgia on four do you have a problem right now georgia sitting eight and one do you have a problem with them at four or would you do you think it should be another team like an Oregon or, or Bama, whoever? You you okay with Georgia at four? Yeah, you know, I, I, at first it startled me a little bit, and I thought, well, you know, that's a team that lost to South Carolina. South Carolina's got four wins, and is probably going to end up either a four and eight or five and seven team. But if you look, the committee's history, and it's not a very long history, is you know you can take a, a quote unquote you know bad loss. 
or you can lose to a team that's not particularly good. There have been teams, plenty of teams, that have made the playoff and lost to a team that finished with a losing record. The Clemson team that won a national championship a couple of years ago lost to a Syracuse team that ended up losing only, winning only four games. Um, one year, Michigan State made the playoff, and they lost to a Nebraska team that only won five games. Oklahoma's made the playoff losing to a Texas team that only won five games. So if the, if the game is close, even if the opponent isn't particularly good, they will sort of give you a mulligan there. And Georgia does have good win against Notre Dame, pretty good win against Florida, and they seem to value the wins over the losses. So as much as it surprised me a little bit to see it when I first saw it, when it was first came out, because I was anticipating Alabama, if you sort of step back and look at it, it makes sense considering what the committee has done before. You know, Ralph, Taz and I got into this conversation earlier, and they've got two big tests here moving forward. But how about the job that Matt Rule and Baylor's done? He's done a remarkable job. But the point being is that could could you see a path here where an undefeated Big 12 team is not part of the national semifinals? No, I, I think that they will. You're right. They've got a couple of big games coming up against Oklahoma and against Texas. And I think that they would be they would they would vault ahead of a lot of teams. I understand you see that and you see them sitting. I think they were at twelve or thirteen last night, and it's easy to sort of go, "Wow, they're going to get buried. They're going to get locked out of here." But I I suspect if you go undefeated right now, I think what's holding Baylor back is they didn't play anybody very good in the non-conference schedule. You know, Baylor was sort of scheduling to be bowl eligible this year. They weren't, and they've always sort of been a little light in the non-conference that's going back to their days with Art Bryles so they were thinking listen we need, we have a team that's rebuilding we need to get bowl eligible we're not going to test ourselves too much in the non-conference so they didn't have a very good non-conference schedule and they've also had I think it's four wins by a score or less and three of those have been by one or two points so they've pulled some great escapes here I think the committee is probably tempering their enthusiasm for Baylor because of that but I would say, again, if they go undefeated, they'll they'll squeeze their way in there. Now, it may make some, for some interesting conversations if those top four teams all end up winning out or, or come close to winning out. Uh, but I still think that if they go undefeated, they're not leaving a Power 5 conference champion out if it's undefeated. Ralph, let's uh, let's talk about Minnesota, who's sitting, who moved up. And, and after that big win on Penn State, they're 9-0, and they're sitting in the eight spot right now. I mean, it's interesting to see if they could potentially eventually jump into that top four because, you know, they could win out here. They got a tough one coming up against Iowa, uh, you know, uh, at Kinnick, and Iowa's a tough team, and Iowa's no pushover. But, you know, uh, Minnesota making a lot of noise. Do you see a scenario where if they win out that they could potentially, you know, I know Ohio State's in there representing the Big Ten, but could they potentially crack into that top that top four? Yeah, you're right. See, they're probably even in, in as good a shape or better than Baylor. That Baylor, right. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, A, obviously they're ahead, but they also, you're right, that game against Iowa this week is tricky. Yep. Iowa's got a very good defense, not much offense. They also play Wisconsin at the end of the year. And, you know, Wisconsin's been pretty good. They have, you yeah. Know? Yeah, we've kind of forgotten them, but Wisconsin's been pretty good. And, of course, at the end, if they can get to that Big Ten championship game, you, you, if you have Ohio State sitting there at undefeated and you're the team that beats Ohio State, it, again, it's going to be very hard to make an argument to keep you out. Uh, certainly if you get there undefeated, I would even argue that 
Minnesota could stub their toe somewhere along the way. They could lose a Kinnick this week and then recover, beat Wisconsin, go beat out Ohio State, and still be very much in the mix. You know, there's a lot of potential here. There's a few of these teams that still have to play each other, so, you know, it'll kind of work itself out. But I do think there's a lot of potential here to be in scenarios where you go, oh, boy, we have a few too many teams here that we could make an argument for. You know, because, again, you you talk about the Georgia-LSU scenario where LSU loses the SEC championship game and still is looking good to get in. Well, what about a situation where we just talked about with Minnesota and Ohio State? If they're both undefeated, could the loser of the Big Ten championship game also have a ch- also make a case to get in? You know, Baylor could conceivably win out. So you could right, end up right. with a sort of a chaotic scenario here for the committee. Now, usually these things work themselves out, and there's a few losses along, along the way. But there's definitely you know a blueprint here where you could end up with five or six or seven one-loss teams. Yeah, and Oregon being one of those teams, you know, and Taz and I talked up a little bit about the Ducks and the job that Mario Cristobal has done out there in the Pac-12 here, Ralph. I mean, Oregon's one of those teams, too. You know, they lost, the, you know, you know, first game of the year to Auburn. Auburn's taking on Georgia this weekend. That's going to be a doozy of an SEC battle, uh, you know, down at Jordan-Hare Stadium. What about the Ducks' path here to the national semifinals? I, I suspect, and again, you have these other sort of outlier scenarios where you end up with a couple of Big Ten teams with you know with one loss or a couple of SEC teams with one loss, and that complicates things, no doubt. But I think Oregon and even Utah right behind them are sitting pretty good. You don't need a ton of chaos around them if they can. If those two teams can keep winning, set up a big Pac-12 championship game with a couple of 11-1 teams. I think they're in pretty good shape. That if a couple, just a couple of things happen ahead of them, they grab that fourth spot. Now, Oregon's, you know, you talk about Auburn. Auburn's in the middle of all of this because they play all these SEC teams. They haven't beaten any of them yet, but they still play Georgia and Alabama. So they could do some work to help eliminate some of these SEC teams. But the SEC teams are going to sit there and say, wait a second, we beat Georgia. Auburn beat, excuse me, we beat Auburn but Auburn beat Oregon. So if I'm Alabama and I'm sitting there at the end of the year and I don't have a, a whole bunch of good wins, but I'm 11-1 and one and I beat Auburn and I see the Pac-12 champion, which lost to Auburn, uh, that's going to complicate things, I think, a little bit. Uh, same thing goes with Georgia, which, is beaten, which, which has already beaten Auburn, and LSU, which, is, or excuse me, which plays Auburn this week, and LSU, which already beat, has beaten Auburn. So Auburn's in the mix on all this stuff. And, and I think that it tethers the SEC to the Pac-12 in a way that doesn't necessarily benefit the Pac-12. Ralph, what's your stance on, uh, you know, because you know, we all do this, you do this, we do this, we're all battling trying to figure out, you know, which four teams will be in at the end, which four teams, yada, yada, yada. You know, as far as expanding the college football playoff, I mean, uh, what's your stance on that? Would you like to see that? Yeah, I would very much like to see, and I think it's probably inevitable. I right. think at a certain, I think at a certain point, the the revenue that will bring that it will bring in the expanded revenue piece. Uh, I, I also just don't think it'll happen very quickly. Uh, you know, this contract with ESPN for four runs through twenty twenty six. It trust me, it's not ESPN that's going to hold them back. ESPN would be more than happy to have more playoff games oh, if they wanted to do it sooner. Yeah. But I also think that there are logistical issues as far as when you play, where you play, how you structure your regular season. Um, not to mention dates have already been set for these you know, championship games. I think that there's enough work that would need to be done to expand it 
that it can't happen or probably won't happen soon. But if you're looking at expanding in 2026, well, that gives them enough leeway and enough runway to do all the work, you know, set a new contract and have this thing go in motion. I think that the, the expansion talk will really ramp up in a couple of years because that's when the work is going to start to have to be done. Ralph Russo, Associated Press, joining Taz and myself here on this Wednesday morning on CBS Sports Radio. Ralph, couple two quick thoughts on two games this weekend. Number one, Georgia-Auburn, SEC game. We know Georgia's in that top four right now. Can Auburn upset the Bulldogs on Sunday, on Saturday? Yeah, uh, yeah I think they can. You know, it, 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 it's hard to see a path to Auburn scoring a whole bunch. They've been playing around this freshman quarterback, Bo Nix. They're clearly – they're limited because of him. They're a, they're a run-heavy team, and Georgia's defense has been the best in the SEC. But I also think the way Georgia plays offensively, they're not as explosive. They're very good, and they've got a lot of talent, but they're not quite as explosive. That gives Auburn a chance to sort of hang around and maybe steal this game, especially in Jordan era. It could be really one of the best home fields in the country. I mean, the place can really get rocking at times. So I could certainly see Auburn. I just get a funny feeling it's more of a gut feeling than anything else that Auburn is going to win one of these two big games it has left either Georgia or Alabama more likely to be Georgia I think but I just got a suspicion that Auburn's not going to just go without winning at least one of these games they've been in the other games and I think they're going to get one and Georgia, to me, seems the more likely one because Georgia's not going to play as explosively as Alabama. Ralph, we got 40 seconds left. Sunday morning when people wake up, is Baylor still undefeated? Do they take out Oklahoma and Waco on Saturday night? I think the end is, I think, yeah, I think the end is coming for, for, for Baylor. I, again, I, I think that they're pretty good. Matt Rule's done a great job, but they've had so many great escapes, and I just think you can't continually pull that off. Uh, really, the worst-case scenario for the Big 12 would be Baylor loses this week and then wins in the pack in the Big 12. Or excuse me, uh, Oklahoma wins this week and then Baylor uh, wins the Big 12 championship game. I think it hurts the Big 12 in general. No doubt about it. Hey, Ralph, we appreciate the time. Thank you for the time this morning. Have yourself a good Wednesday. All right, Ralph. Thanks. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.